everyone welcome to the podcast with wills maxwell jr i am wills maxwell jr once again uh thank you all so much for listening for clicking on this uh i i cannot i cannot cease to sh- explain and show and express my gratitude that wherever you are you you, you opened your podcasting app you visited the website you clicked play on this player uh whatever it is whatever it took you to come uh upon clicking my face and listening to my voice uh however many people do it i am grateful to you all every time thank you so much for tuning in uh folks uh unfortunately uh this is normally the part of the show where i introduce my friend my co-host my boss uh the president of bannerscape media the john f kennedy of bannerscape media uh jr equipment unfortunately jr is not able to join us tonight uh so this is this is normally the part of the show where i ask him how he's doing and i see what's going on with him uh i, I texted him earlier so i'm just going to fill in that conversation so jr what's going on with you oh uh, you know i'm 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 good man you know there's so much going on listening to the front row with mike Ricaro. all right so th- thanks jr so we skipped that part we skipped over that part and now i'm going to get to introducing our guest for tonight uh, folks, I am I'm excited uh, for our guest. She is a very incredible artist. Uh, I've been a fan of her work from the instant uh, I saw it. My uh, my wife Alexis and I we came across her on a Fourth Friday gallery and caught uh, her one of her Jazz in Motion galleries. Uh, so I'm very excited to bring on to to talk about this guest. This is a perfect uh, trifecta for a guest uh, tonight. We're going to talk to so, someone someone I love. Uh, someone I admire, and someone I don't know all that much about. So this is the perfect chance to interview her and learn more about her. Lori Joy Peterson. Lori Joy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No, of course. So I, you, you do these amazing, um, like I talked about, you do these amazing paintings, you do these watercolor paintings, or at least that's the medium I've, I've most seen you work with is uh, the watercolor. Uh, I, what I mostly want to know for you is like, how did you begin this journey? How did you, how did you get into this? It's a long, it's a long journey. Ironically, this, this is my 20th anniversary of being an artist. Congratulations. That's amazing. <laughs> And it started, <laughs> it started, I'm 47. And I'm not ashamed to say I'm 47 because I think <laughs> I look good for 47. I, I will agree with that wholeheartedly, absolutely. Thank you. So it started at 27 and I was diagnosed. I'm, I don't want to make it a sad story because it's a, this is a comedy, but- This is what we're talking, whatever. So no, feel, no, feel, so please, yeah. So it started when I was 27 years old. And I was, di- I was diagnosed with breast cancer, a rare form of breast cancer that they did not have a name to at the time. So I kind of fell into a depression because I was you know, a young breast cancer survivor, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So my mom said I was not doing anything. Before that, I was in the poetry very heavily. Okay, my yeah. poetry site, very deeply into poetry. But I was doing nothing. So she said, why don't you do something? Why don't you draw? So I started drawing. And there was a hidden talent. There was a raw talent at the time. I thought, I think I was delusional at the time, but I thought I was pretty good. So I started drawing on my own. <laughs> okay. It's a way to work myself out of it. That's incredible. So before, so before the diagnosis, you're in your, you're in your twenties before the diagnosis and before this mm-hmm. the start of the journey, 
you're more into were you were you performing were you doing spoken word poetry no this was back in gosh it had to be in the 90s me and my cousin lee dingle it was more the internet was new newer so right. we we ran like a website like a poetry contest and people would like email us and we would select like poems to go on our page it was called she speaks I and love it, was, that. it was pretty big it was pretty big that's amazing well um I want to I want to express how grateful I am that I'm talking with you now and also just that you uh you know got that diagnosis 20 years ago and you survived and you're still with us and also it somehow uh in a roundabout way led you to this discovery so your mom threw just through drawing out as like you need to do something she just kind of just threw it out like and so how did that how did that feel really? Cause that's a tough, I, you know, that's a tough place to crawl out of. Like if you're, you're, you're coming out of, um, you're coming out of surviving this, you're coming out of depression and start doing anything when you're depressed is hard. Starting something new is especially hard. So what was that? What was that like for you when you were beginning and you were starting to draw? It got my mind off of things. I would I was kind of drawing freehand. I had no schooling at all, none at all. And I would watch them. Um, I would watch, of course, Bob Ross. I saw a thing on uh, online and they said, you were the black Bob Ross, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> so I would watch that. I would watch, and I recommend to any artist, more so than Bob Ross, there's a show called Welcome to My Studio with Helen Van Wick. So okay. I learned a lot from her. And it was this other show, Jerry Yarnell. So I would watch them. So and your school watch. was watching like these shows. Like you started without any schooling, but like you're learning from watching Helen Van Wick and Bob Ross. That's incredible. Initially, initially. So I got to the point where I, where I thought I was good. Keep that in mind. I thought I was good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hear I hear that. And that sounds that sounds very much like an artist at the beginning of their journey. So I like that. I like that. So you're you're watching these, you're watching these shows, you're watching these videos, you're learning, you're feeling yourself. So yeah. <laughs> what so what happens once you're like, okay, well, I'm I'm good at art. I'm good at drawing. Right. So I go, well, actually, I go back. I was working at the cable, I was working at Time Warner. So I go back to work at the cable company. Yeah. So I declare to everyone, my friends and family, that I'm an artist. And they're like, you're an artist. And I had people tell me, and I would show it to them, you need to go back to your day job. Keep your day job. You need to <laughs> oh take classes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was rough. And I'm like, no, I'm like, no. I know how to draw. I'm, I'm an artist. So this is, these, so are your, good. these are your friends and coworkers saying this yeah. to you? Family, oh, too? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So that is, first of all, I got to commend you for surrounding yourself with brutally honest people, it sounds like. Uh, it wasn't, I'm like, y'all don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I'm an artist. They're like, you're not that good. I'm like, oh, yes, I am, in my mind. In hindsight, it wasn't that great. It was very amateurish. I'm not even saying the word sure. right. Sure, yeah, yeah. But in my mind, it was good because I thought it was good. I mean, I... It was, not, it was not a stick figure, but it was mediocre, but in my mind, it was good. Now, I'm, I'm very curious about this part of it because you're now looking at this several years later, looking back and saying, okay, it wasn't that good to begin with. A lot of 
artists I speak with and just other like writers, performers, I know a lot of artists tend to feel like the things they make immediately aren't good. Like I know people sometimes have the feeling of like, well, I made this, but is it any good? Uh, where you're at now, are you at a point, like, I like that when you started, you were liking what you were making. Are you at a point now where like, how do you feel like when you finish a piece now? Do you look, do you typically look at it and go, yeah, this is good. I like this one. Sometimes I, I have a better eye. The best, the best advice I got was, and again, I think my delusion pushes me forward because I entered this art contest Yeah, and it was judged. And I thought for sure I was going to win a prize in it. So I marched up to the judge asking him why I didn't win. And he tells me all oh, what's wrong with it in a nice way. But then yeah. he says, you should start looking in a mirror at your artwork. That was like profound to me. So now when I look in a mirror with my artwork, I know if I need, I know where I need to go with it. So that's not, that wasn't like, uh, that wasn't like a figurative thing. Like you need to look at what you make. Like that was literally take your yes. artwork and stand in front of a mirror yes, and look at it look at the reverse I, image and it tell you what mistakes you made i and like that works and it works that's really powerful i also i also just like i i love the confidence you had when you were starting out <laughs> like i i want the confidence i had when i was first starting out i want that back and i love your confidence of like I've, I've been in like judged stand-up shows before yeah. and not place. And I've never thought to like go to the judges and be like, why did I not play? So I love that that's the thing know, you actually I thought did. that piece was good. I thought it was an excellent art piece of artwork. <laughs> and that led to you this, to this growing moment. So he tells you to start mm -hmm. taking things, take your pieces mm -hmm. and look at them in a mirror. So what, yeah. So what did that do to you for like your, how did that change your process on how you created from there? So this is like you actually starting to notice amateurish mistakes you're making. Well, it helped me to see what was wrong, but also before I met him, I took a lot of workshops, a lot, because I, um, because I thought I was so good, I went to galleries. Yeah. And when I went to galleries, they didn't like my work and I'm looking at them like y'all must be crazy because this is good <laughs> because I thought it was good work but they would always I'm like what's wrong with it and they would tell me but I would listen to it because yeah. they were in my mind the gallery owners were just so far away from me you know what I mean they were like right. so far above me right yeah they said to me I just ate it up so whatever they said was wrong I just grabbed onto it and, and changed it that's incredible so I like I'm, that you're in this space where you're feeling yourself, you're liking yourself and what you're creating, but you're still also to able to receive that information. And mm -hmm. ultimately, so it's these things, these critiques from the judge, from yes. the uh, from the gallery owners, it's these critiques that are helping you like kind of grow from here. Yes. So uh, how did that affect like, what were, how did that affect, like, did it change your style any? Do you feel like you're like you're, like the stuff you're going for initially, do you feel like your style has changed since you started? My style is, when I first started, I think a lot of artists, when they first started, and my, that was mine too, I wanted to paint like very photographic and I also went into cartooning. Yeah. And I wanted to learn, I, I did manga for a while. I went oh, wow. to manga class. Mm -hmm. I, I thought I was going to be a manga artist out of all things. So I took this manga class. Is that a thing you enjoyed? Like, did you read manga? 
I bought manga books and learned how to draw it. That's I didn't even like I didn't even like reading manga. I just liked the style <laughs> of artwork. I wasn't even into so this wasn't okay. So this wasn't a thing that you were like already consuming. Like you weren't already no. liking, but you dug, but you dug like the like yes, the expressions like and everything. Okay, that's, that's really cool. That's all I wanted. I, I didn't want to be a comic book artist per se. I just liked the way it looked. So yeah. I buy comic books and like mimic it. So I did that for a while. And then what happened? I'm trying to think the timeline of it. I think my I didn't have a style per se. But the first gallery I got into was after I took a watercolor class and I really dug deep into that watercolor class. Yeah. And I marched right into this gallery. I was downtown, this place called Checker Cab Gallery. I marched into the gallery and I showed them my artwork. And I said, can I get in your gallery? The woman loved my artwork. She took a chance on it. And it's so- that. That's incredible. So how, so how long is that? Like, that's incredible. You get a win, you get to go into a gallery, but you also sell a piece. So how many years in did that happen? Oh gosh. That might have been the early 2000s, I think. I don't remember, but it's been a good while. It might have been five years after I started. That's amazing. So you had, so that's just like you're already, that's a full journey you had in your first five years. I'm talking to you 20 years in, and just in your first five years, it was this hill to climb to be able to get into a gallery. Now, is yeah. that, I don't, I don't know much about uh, the visual art world. So I, I'm, I appreciate like kind of learning from you on this. Is that yeah. common for an artist on their first gallery to sell a piece? Like it's that seems like know. such a feat. I don't know, but they it was a I'm even it was a watercolor, and people just liked it. They liked the watercolor style. I don't know if people they bought more than one piece. People would buy it, and then I got into another gallery, and it was a similar style, more into abstraction. Okay this place called figments gallery which is next to hell's kitchen but she she sold her gallery and i think it went to the caribbean to live on a boat <laughs> i'm not i'm not <laughs> mad at that <laughs> i would always sell I, they would have fourth fridays and she kept bringing me back repeatedly for shows because i kept selling in my abstract work that's incredible oh that's really amazing and it's fascinating to hear you say that, like, when you were kind of starting, you're doing, like, you're doing the manga, you're kind of doing, like, the photorealistic stuff. Because when I look at the pieces you do now, like, I feel like, like, I just get, like, emotion out of them. You do these amazing, like, you do, like, figures and silhouettes and just do these things that, like, evoke feelings, like, evoke an emotion or evoke uh, even, like, senses. Like, I can, like, look at a piece and, like, hear music because of the way you like make, because of the uh, way you created the, sil the silhouette and everything. Yeah. Um, so it's very fascinating to hear that when you started, you weren't kind of, you were doing more. I don't get that stuff looking at a photorealistic painting. Cause when I look at a photorealistic painting, I'm like, that's a good bench. That looks like a bench. And I don't get that yeah. <laughs> same feeling. And I got to that, I got to that point with the movement, oddly enough, I really don't want to go into detail. My father died. Gosh, when did my father die? He died suddenly and tragically. He was I'm very so quick. sorry. Very quick. I think I was 40 when he died. I think. No. Because um, my mom told me it's been 10 years since he died. So it had to be 36 or 37 when he died. So. Yeah. But my father was deep into jazz. And all I heard growing up, him and my grandfather, my father and my grandfather from Jersey, they were deep into jazz. They used to live next door to a recording studio in East Orange, New Jersey. All my life, I listened to jazz growing up 
and I hated it. I would tell them to turn that crap off. <laughs> what kind of special torture is this? I did not want to hear that garbage. Did that not surprises want to me so much because I know you as I know you as the jazz artist. So that surprises me so part. much. That's the funny part. So I actually, <laughs> my father has a huge collection of records and my grandfather's records, yeah. old records, and I have it now and cassettes and stuff like that. And I was missing my father so badly, I started listening to it. Yeah. And I said, this is not half bad. And, you know, started remembering it. I said, this is actually some good stuff. And I started getting into it. I love that. And I started painting to jazz. And that's how the jazz series was born. That's incredible. So what that's type of artists are, what artists are on that, uh, that you, what are the artists you listen to? Like, what are the artists that like kind of made up your, your dad and your grandfather's collection? I started, um, even when I hated jazz music when I was a teenager, I always liked, there was one album that I always liked. And my father, they have so many um, records and stuff and CDs, he knew when one got missing. Always, <laughs> he with stuff. I don't, the way, I was born in 1975, so I come from the generation kind of stern, like my father was like, you don't mess with your father's stuff. Oh, for sure. You know what Absolutely, I mean? Absolutely, yeah. That's what I come from, that generation. So he knew when I had this stuff, okay? <laughs> he knew. It's like my stack is off. My stack should exactly. be my stack should be this high. There's a there's a 45 missing. There's somewhere that's, that's what I'm talking about. And he knows. He knew. And it was Dizzy Gillespie. Dizzy Gillespie. I love Dizzy. I love Gillespie. <laughs> I love him as a teenager. That's who I love. That's incredible. After he, after he died, I got into um, who was I listening to at first? I was listening to Miles Davis at first. Then I started listening to Thelonious Monk. Mm. Then he had Charles Mingus, which oddly enough, Charles Mingus, they call him like the, the crazy man of jazz. This man had serious mental problems. <laughs> right, and right. He, which is saying something for jazz, to be honest. Because jazz, yeah. <laughs> jazz is not known for attracting mentally stable people so for him to have that rep is really it's very impressive yes so charles mingus i actually relate to him he wrote this album called the black saint and the lady center and the yeah. liner notes and every once in a while i go read the liner notes the liner notes are his notes to his psychiatrist which is fascinating wow this album is based on his mental issues that's incredible i didn't know that that's album. really it's a genius album that's really that's really deep. So these are these are so just the music itself is yes. already coming from this very like deep emotional place mm -hmm. for these for these guys. Miles through like every different stage, mm -hmm. the music kind of reflected what was going on with him and his career. Charles yes. Mingus is literally taking psychiatry sessions and making albums out of it. Exactly. This is so so that going to that for inspiration that has to have such like a like a depth to it that you that yes. how, what is it about listening to jazz while you paint what is it what is it about it that kind of like like what do you get out of that like how does that affect like your work that's how i get my movement and my emotions and i paint till like when i start doing my jazz like i drop the jazz series will always exist sometimes i get out of it and i go back into it mm -hmm. it's always going to be there because it's about my father mm -hmm. Because yeah. my father passed, it's always gonna, it's always gonna exist. So there's always gonna be a jazz series. Like I'll paint to um, John Coltrane. There's a song called Olay. Yeah. And I don't like, and this, this might anger some people. I know it will. I don't, <laughs> Brace yourselves. 
I don't like smooth jazz. I don't think smooth jazz is jazz once I, because I delve so deep into jazz. So you like, you're into bebop. So if we, exactly. so if I say like Dave Brubeck, that's not, that's not, or that's not doing it. I like, do, I like Dave Brubeck. Okay. So who's, so I, I'm going to, you said, you said, no, you don't like smooth jazz. So now I'm going to make you list artists. Like Kenny G? Kenny G. I like Kenny G, but he's okay. he's like elevator music to me, and I like him, but he's elevator music. Yeah, yeah, it's different than like the like kind of like improv improvisational like creation like you get with bebop and like the frenetic. There's energy in it. There's energy that you feel That's from that artist. That's yeah. what I need for painters. I need energy. It's like you have reggae, which I like reggae. Yeah. And you have reggae tone. You get what I'm saying? You have jazz. <laughs> you have smooth jazz. You get what you get what I'm saying? I love that. I really love that. I think that makes perfect sense to me. I think I think we're I think we're very similar on that. If I'm if I'm listening to jazz, I'm listening to more in that vein because you could I just you get something from it. You kind of just feel like more it's just more frenetic. It's just more kinetic than uh than elevator music. I need a driving beat to paint to, and that's how I get my emotions. The beat has to be driving, it has to be pushing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. do you feel like so with that, you need a beat to paint to. Do you feel like different tempos affect like what your work looks like? Like, are you like the faster pieces look different than the than the slower pieces for you? I do, I do. Because sometimes I paint, and I hate I hate to tell people this, but I'm gonna tell them. I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> sometimes I paint my jazz pieces to rap music because I need okay. that beat. I mean, I, it happens. That's an that's just an evolution. That's all that is. So that makes, that makes yeah. sense. you're still in the jazz family. You're still yeah. you're still that's on the same point. tree. That's so. I think the slower pieces are more calm. You know what yeah. I mean? It's more calm. I like that. And I mean, and then after that, I have three series going. I have the jazz series, I have the bird series, and I have the Africa series. But see, after my father passed. And I had to be 37, but five years later, after my father passed, I was diagnosed with breast cancer for the second time. Oh my gosh. So it happened again, okay? Yeah. There were some pieces I did that were very dark, but they sold. Yeah. Because I thought those were going to be my last pieces that I ever painted in my life. That is. And I don't remember what they were. Lori, that is very, that's very heavy. I'm first, I'm really sorry to hear that, but that's just like, that's such a, what is that even like? Like, that's just such a, uh, a horrible thought to even have as you create something like what is that even like to be like this might be my last piece like it's like I had to put something out there and somebody bought it which I was surprised they bought it because I thought mm. it was a very dark time because that one when I was re-diagnosed and the story gets even worse when I was re-diagnosed I mean I thought it was over yeah yeah but I want to put something out there what is it that, um, cause I feel like it's different for different people. Like, I feel like there are people who would kind of react to that news with, well, I'm done or well, I'm going to rest. What was it about like that moment th that like made you be like, well, I actually, I need to create, I need to create, I need to put something out now. Like what was, what was kind of, what, what was that feeling like? Well, I thought I was done because I didn't feel like painting. I didn't feel like doing anything. Yeah. I mean, it was really bad. And I said, I'm going to have to, I said, I'm going to have to put something out there because it was, it was not a good time in my life. Because I remember a friend of mine, um, it was just depressing. 
Yeah. A friend of mine was, she was about to get married and I was there and everybody was there happy. You know what I mean? Right. And no one knew what was going on because I kept this really hidden. Only my immediate family at the time, some of my family members got upset with me. It was really maybe about five or six people knew. Some of my relatives didn't even know because I kept it from them. Yeah. I kept it from a lot of people for years. Right. And I remember, and nobody knew what was going on with me. And I remember, I forgot where they were. I think it was the bowling alley or something. And they were getting engaged and dating. I mean, they were close to getting married. And I was just sitting there watching these people. They were just like happy. They did not know what was going on. I mean, I said, well, right. these people being happy. And yeah. I'm about to die. Yeah. And they're like, why aren't you talking? You ain't yourself. And I could not tell them. That is such, it, it really is, that just sounds like such a stark light to see this. And like, you know, and, this, and that's your memory of that moment now. Like, that was like a happy moment for them, but they didn't know what's going on with you. Oh, so, man. Your your lens in that time is now more stark and like it's it's I I really feel for you that you kind of had to like look at these things in terms of you know my my time might be up like I'm dying like that's that's a really scary thing to confront. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So something I'm curious about from this time period. So your journey into art your journey into visual art started with your first diagnosis and that's and you finding a way like out of mm -hmm. that depression how did this second diagnosis affect your ability to keep moving forward because here we are you know five five years later and you're out you're out here doing galleries and everything how did that what was that like to try to like move from that dark period and keep keep going forward it's the only thing that keeps me, it's the only thing that keeps me going is my, my artwork. Yeah. It's, I mean, of course, God keeps me going. That's number one. God keeps me going number one because right. that's why I'm alive. Right. But besides that, I paint every day and it's, it's gotten to the point people were like, you're going crazy. I mean, you paint every day. And the funny part is I thought I had depression because my principal family like, you're losing it. So I went to see a shrink and I got, I'm not, my shrink says it's not depression. I have anxiety. Well, no wonder. I mean, with all the mess I've been going through. Sure, sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cancer. So that leads into the bird series. Yeah. The bird series, it gets even deeper. Last year, I was re-diagnosed again for the third time. Oh my gosh, Lori Joy. I'm so sorry. I had no, no, I honestly it's, didn't know this. I'm sorry. It never yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I started still with the fighting. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, where, how did the birds, is this when the bird series began then? That's the funny part. I, one of my, I found one of the first paintings that I did. It was a bird, ironically. Yeah. But I, I would sit outside in my backyard and look at the birds. And I'm like, the birds are taken care of. I mean, I can get taken care of. So I started um, I love that. painting birds. And the funny yeah. part, because I'm re-diagnosed with cancer, after this is my third time on chemo, yeah. my second time on radiation. And these birds just flew out the window. I kid you not. People were buying up the birds, which I needed the money at the time. Sure. Like, I don't know what. And during my cancer diagnosis, I get, like, interviews from, like, Wilma Magazine, different magazines, all kinds of stuff coming out of nowhere while I'm sick, which really helped boost my spirit. So That's incredible. I like that. His, his eye is on the sparrow. That's the right. Are, so I know he's watching me. It's uh, true. Uh, how, are you, how are you feeling? Much, much better. Okay, I, good. I'm, good. Glad, I'm glad I should have saw the shrink years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Uh, you you don't know this about this show, but we say that like every other episode. <laughs> I'm like, I am not crazy. And I'm, I'm not crazy. I just, when you have cancer three times, you're going to be a little bit crazy. You, you've survived. <laughs> you've survived yeah. and you've fought and you've seen so much yeah. and you're still fighting. Like, yeah, that's, you're not crazy. You're not like <laughs> weird. Like that's, you've, you're the person that your experiences have made you and you're the person you needed to be that's right to survive these experiences you, that's right uh you needed to be the person who was going to get up and paint every day like that's, that's who you right. needed to be to get through this so i think that little bit of craziness in me i think that's what helped me get so far yeah because when you get that di- i'm telling you when you get diagnosed with cancer three times yeah i don't know if people how can i put it when you first met me what was my demeanor to you? You were, my impression when I first met you was that you were kind and you were kind of energetic. Oh. Like you were very, mm-hmm. I met you at a fourth Friday gallery on Front Street mm-hmm. and you were just kind of excited about the pieces you had up. You mm-hmm. also seemed weirdly surprised that we were enjoying your pieces because <laughs> they're amazing. And we were telling you as much and you're like, oh, you like that one? You're like, yeah. Be like, it's great. Yeah, I do have that about me. I have a, a bit of, when it comes to my artwork, mm-hmm. there's a bit of, I guess it comes from the cancer diagnosis. Sure. I don't really, I really don't care what people think when it comes to that. That's why I can like barge through. Yeah. I and like just put that. myself out there. You know what I mean? That's what you need. I like that. Yeah. yeah. If you, you like differently yeah if you care that's that's the part that kind of cripples you that's the part that keeps you from creating so if you're able to put yourself out there if you're able to put yourself out there and be like well this is me however people react is how they're going to react right that's the part that allows you to keep creating yes it's just like something in me because i'm like i don't when you get diagnosed with cancer three times you're like i don't know how much time i have left so i'm just always like it has to be there. You know what I mean? Whether right. it's good or bad, it has to be out there. It's just like in the back of my mind. So I push a little bit harder. What do you, um, you've got, you have different series, different phases and everything. What is the thing that you like want to people to come to mind when people think of you? Like when someone says Lori Joy Peterson, like what is the thing you want to like immediately follow that? I like jazz artists and I really was not looking for jazz artists that's the yeah. funny part <laughs> I was not looking for that because my whole art career is funny there was a point when I started it no one believed I want to be an artist they thought it was like a big joke yeah. not that great or nothing like that but then at a certain because I kept pushing at a certain point in time I stopped pushing I yeah. can't describe it I stopped pushing and I stopped looking and people started coming to me. It's like, I would get at points where I didn't want to do art. Right. I paint, every, I paint every day because that's just like my therapy. I have to paint every day. Yeah. So I'll paint, but I go through modes like, I'll say, I'm sick of showing. I'm sick of doing galleries. I'm sick of doing fairs. I don't want to do that. I just want to paint and not let anybody see it. But yeah. someone will call me. And that's what happened with the jazz series. <laughs> I showed somewhere and then the star news approached me and said, 
they want me, they want to do an article about me. I said, that's fine. And in the title of the article, it said, Introducing Wilmington's Jazz Artists. I yeah. do not want to be the jazz artist. That just came out of nowhere. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> so that was where the branding started, was from that, was from the start. And it's also saying introducing, and you have been doing this. You're already <laughs> over a decade into it. So that's I, that's funny. I didn't know that that's where the where the branding jazz artist came from. That's where it came from. Yeah. And the North Carolina Jazz Festival contacted me to do like a door prize for them. I wasn't looking for that either. Yeah. And that's something they saw that. And this jazz website, they put my article on there and like people contact me to do stuff. And I'm that's not really looking a, for it. That's really amazing. That's really crazy that this this wasn't your angle. Like so many people, so many creatives are trying to figure out like what their uh, niche is, like what their angle is to get recognition and everything. And you organically came into this recognition. You weren't campaigning to be the jazz artist, but these events in your life and the inspiration you drew from all this different music mm -hmm. organically put you into this position to be sought after by uh, the jazz festivals and from people for, for your mm -hmm. jazz pieces. Yeah. Now you mentioned we have the you have the jazz series, you have the bird series. Uh, you said there was a third series as well. Which what what one is that? You know how I got the Africa series. That's a funny way. Africa series, it. yeah. You want to know how I got to the Africa series? Yeah, I did. I did this show with at Acme Studios, and at the time, I love old movies. Okay, and I'm saying this for a reason. Yeah. I love old movies. Love them. I used to watch when I had cable. I had Turner Classic movies. I would watch them all day, every day. People thought I was, I get up, I have an OCD type of personality. When I like something, Lord, do I like it. So I would watch old <laughs> I'm an old movie buff. I love that, yeah. So I started painting. I'm saying this for a reason. I started painting, and I thought I'd be the classic movie artist. That was what I wanted to be. Yeah. I painted tons of, I'm saying this for a reason, tons of white women in, oh, like Rita Hayworth, yeah. um, Betty Davis, um, who else is in there? Um, God, Joan Collins. Right, right. People, you know what I mean? Yeah, golden so age Hollywood leading yes. ladies. Yeah, yeah. So I painted all these women, right? And so at Acme, they were, it was these small watercolors. So on the wall, there were nothing but small watercolors. Yeah. White women of the golden age. And somebody came up to me and said, you're black. Duh, I'm black. Okay. You're black. <laughs> Why are you painting white women? That's not one black person on that wall. I said, wow. I said, I'm an artist. I paint whatever I feel like painting. And right now I feel like painting white women because I like them in the movies. And that's yeah. why I put them up. That's and I was on Turner Classic Movies. Yes. That's only... <laughs> yeah. I said, just because I'm black doesn't mean I have to paint black people all the time. They're like, well, you should paint more black people. So is this a so I, is this a black person giving you this this critique at no, the, it, was at white, the show? it was a white person. Really? That's fast. Yeah. Okay. It was a huh. white person. So I thought so months went by. That is I'm sorry. I'm just stuck on I <laughs> white people, uh when when we're creating something, don't 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 coach us on there was a purpose behind this. Don't don't, don't, <laughs> don't tell, tell us what we need to do for us. <laughs> Thank you. If I want to paint a bunch of white women, there was a lot of them. It was like 50 of them on the wall. Yeah. Not one black person. <laughs> and they're looking at me and they were shocked because I'm telling you, Wills, 
They were shocked when they, and this happens a lot because <laughs> they said, who's the artist? They look at me. They were shocked. This happened to me when yeah. I was painting they see, they see boats, they woman. see birds, they see white women yes. and they are expecting to see a white person. Yeah. <laughs> because black people boat. can't enjoy birds. Hello. When I did my boat series, I had people say, I had someone say, I'm surprised that they said, who's the artist? I said, I'm the artist. And he said, I'm surprised you're the artist. I said, why are you surprised I'm the artist? He said, because you paint boats like a white man. I said, wow. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I said, maybe that should be a compliment because wow. I have the ability to paint boats like a man, which is showing my skill because yeah. maybe the flexibility there. Yeah, those, if those are, that's who's getting on boats. But <laughs> that's such that's so wild to me that people I can believe it that people get surprised because they they it, it really is a matter of like kind of putting black artists in a box is like well you're black do the black thing but so wait, what you were telling me though is this criticism though so how did you yeah I listened to it so I said you know what. I said, you know, this white woman might have a point. I said, you know what? I'm going to paint black people. And here the Africa series was born. I saw, I'm trying to remember where I saw, it might've been, it might've been back on Front Street again. It might've been the last time you were down on Front Street. But the pieces from that are also very beautiful. And again, like just kind of like evoke like, I don't know, just like the sense of like, oh, that's home. Like, you know, like it's just like the sense of like, I have such a, I'm constantly aware of like my disconnect to Africa, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. knowing like I come from the continent. Right. I don't know where. I don't right. know what part of it. I don't know what people I belong mm -hmm. to, but I know like ultimately that's home. Like, you know, like I have friends who can trace back, like, you know, I'm from, my family's from Amsterdam or my family's from, you know, Italy or like they can trace that back. And I'm, I don't, I don't have that, like going back to Africa. Mm -hmm. um, so there is like, anytime I see the pieces from your series though, I do just kind of have like this feeling of like, okay, well, yeah, this is, it just kind of evokes this feeling of like, okay, well, this is, this is home. Like, right. this is something like, there's something like innate in this. This is where this is going home. How familiar are you with like your heritage going back to, going back to Africa? Like, do you know, like, uh, where your family's from and things like that? One of my cousins did our genealogy. Yeah. And she traced it back to what plantation we were on, but that's as far as she got that's about, that's about what happened with my family as well. I joke a lot of times that like when black people use ancestry.com, they don't need it for longer than the 30 day trial. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not going back too far. It's not going to go. You're going to 30 days is about what you need. Um, Got that right. Got that right. <laughs> not going back that far. No. Yeah. But no, that's, so this is how, so that's how you got into the Africa series though, is just like this. So what have you, what have you gotten from that? Like, what have you gotten from going into like painting these? Painting I got it. And, and the thing about it is, Wills, people don't understand the way I'm built. Yeah. Some people think this is weird. I go through a process where people will say insulting, maybe they mean it to be insulting, maybe they don't. Right. They will say mean things and insulting things to me and it will hurt me. Yeah. But then I'll sit and think about it said, hey, this ain't a bad idea. So sometimes it's like, if, I don't know if you ever heard the story of Brother Rabbit, where he right. says, just throw me into the briar patch. I'm like, throw me in the briar patch. <laughs> I don't care because I can take an insult and make something into it. Yeah, and I, I love that. At point, 
she has a point. And I just started painting a whole bunch of African people and it just blew up. That's people amazing. And I got an article about that, about Queens in Motion. I love that. Oh, it's crazy that that's how you got there. That's such a crazy story. And I love that. That's what you're, I love that you're doing. I love that series very much. Um, something I'm curious about. So with your boats, birds, your pieces that aren't your jazz in motion series, mm-hmm. are you still listening to jazz music as you paint those? Or do you need different music for that? I do. I always go back to it. Yeah. Like lately. Lately, I have not been listening to jazz music. I love music. I don't watch TV. I, I rarely watch TV. I yeah. can't stand television. I love music. And I love YouTube and I love TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I, I stumbled on I stumbled on a new genre. It's not a new genre of music, but I think they should play it more on the radio. Yeah. I was going through YouTube. I don't know how I found this, but it was this YouTube channel called um, Independent Soul Review. Okay. Yeah. And I found it because I had Sirius XM. I don't know if you ever heard of Bobby Womack. Right, yeah, no, for sure, yeah. Like that country type of soul music? Yeah. So on Sirius XM, it was this song on there about the Womack sisters. I'm like, the Womack sisters? I'm like, I like this song. So I look them up. And then there's like this channel called the Independent Soul Channel. And it's nothing but like soul artists with this like country soul sound, like Al Green and stuff like that, but they're newer artists. I like that. All right. That's all I'm listening to is that. <laughs> so this is something with that. I mean, their voices have like that Ada James type of voice, that gritty. So, yeah. so that's what I'm into now. I gotta look that up. I do. I very much have a soft spot for like new new singers who have like a retro feel to them, who have like a retro like style to their voice. I gotta I'll look. I gotta look that up for sure. That sounds. But they're newer artists, but their stuff sounds retro. I like that. I really like that. Sound soul. You mentioned earlier that you also listen to hip hop sometimes. I'm just curious, what artists are that? Where are those? Where like who who are you listening to? I'm a hip hop head. Most Def, MF Doom. Oh wow, okay. And I grew up on hip hop. I hip hop. I really wish Jr. was here to talk Most Def and MF Doom with you. Like I love I love Most Def, but I just wish that's he would he would light up right now if you heard you say that. Believe um, it not, Young Thug. Oh my God! Oh, oh really? The clean version. <laughs> <laughs> the the sanctified version of the Young Thug. Only. Young Thug. <laughs> I, I am a huge hip hop head. That's what I grew up on. Remember, I was born in 1975, so I grew up on it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's your your. That's I love that. I really love that. Uh, yeah. Lori Joy, where can people find your pieces and where can they find you? Right now I have stuff at the artworks on Willard Street and they can, most of my artwork is on Instagram. My Instagram is Lori versus Joy. Lori versus Joy. I'm always on Instagram. And I'm trying to get more out. Remember I told you I'm getting over my sickness. So I'm trying. Right. Thank you for inviting me to your own event so that helps no we we loved having you so much we uh alexis and i have recently had a uh we didn't have a wedding reception when we got married last year so we recently did a reception to celebrate we were hoping it was going to be the end of covid it's not but um, we we had the wedding reception we couldn't have last year because of the pandemic and Lori joy was amazing enough to come 
bring pieces and like decorate the place with those pieces. And so I have them on display for people to look at and buy. We, that made us so happy to see, to see you and to, that you were willing to be part of it. Um, it was when I, when I messaged you about that, that was like a, that was like a hail Mary. It was like, I don't if she's busy, if she doesn't want to, that's going to be completely fine. So it just meant the world when you said yes and you came through. I, really that. I enjoyed it. I like it. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so artworks at Willard right now, Lori versus Joy on Instagram. Uh, and any anywhere else where they can follow you online, any other socials or anything? Yeah, my Facebook is, I'm always on social media. It's a necessary evil. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. Contact people. And, and I don't like Facebook, but I believe it or not, and I've talked to people about this in different interviews. Oh, my Facebook is Low Ray Joe J O E. All right, look up Low. So how do how do we spell that? Sorry, L O R A Y J O E. All right, look up Low Ray Joe Joy on uh, Facebook. on Facebook. And I'm also scrolling on this site right now ljpfineart.yolosite.com which uh, you can see more galleries and uh, different series that Lori Joy has been doing on that website as well. Uh, Lori Joy, thank you so, so thank much you. for joining me. This has been amazing. <laughs> like, I've, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. So this was just a thrill for me to like actually like get to learn more about your story. Um, and I'm glad to hear you're feeling better and you know, uh, you know, we're going to be praying for you and lifting you up. And I just hope, I just want to hope for a, um, just full recovery and good, good news. Just good report for you. I hope this is it, but you know what? Anybody that survived cancer three times, I'm not going nowhere. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. (laughs) You're, you're, you're a three time champion. You're three times. I'm a tough cookie. (laughs) Absolutely. Folks, thank you so much for listening. And as we say at the end of every episode, if you're going through hell, keep on drawing. You might get out before the devil even knows you're there. (laughs) Bye, folks. Bye.